So, oh. we're back. Uh, there was a delay in our last podcast because... Uh, we didn't want to do... I'm just kidding. No, our, uh, our host, um, they um, had some problems. Someone tried and hacking... Yeah, I wasn't gonna say their that, database. But, yeah. but some don't were, tell anyone we said yeah. that. But <laughs> well, <laughs> there's only a couple of people that listen to this anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, so that was the problem. So <clears throat> we're back. We're good now. Yeah. Um, hopefully you're still listening after I made my stupid mistake. What? Uh, I'm not that stupid. Oh, indict. Yeah. Um, you have not let it go. I hear this every day. Whatever. Um, every time uh, we have a little conversation and I'm right, you bring up indict. Wait, okay. Correct yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. 4,000. Now it's now the count's 4,000 to zero. I'm always right. Yeah, that's right. She is always right. Okay. No, so, not always. So anyways. We were watching. Okay, so Game of Thrones ended. Yeah, Game of Thrones ended. Not sure how I feel about it. Still processing. Yeah. Um, we were watching a documentary today, and I was like... Yeah, we both passed out, though. Yeah, we... I didn't finish it. fell asleep at any other... Um, well, I finished it, but I didn't see the it middle was, part. It was good. It yeah. was just so comforting hearing all their Irish and English um, accents. Yeah. It just lulled me to <laughs> unconsciousness, but... Yeah, um, uh, I was just fucking tired. One of the... <laughs> One of the stunt guys on there, stunt uh, choreographers, I was like, that's the Night King. That that guy plays the Night King. And you're like, no, it said stunt choreographer or whatever, stunts. And I was like, no, I swear that's him. And then it showed later that that was him. And I was like, I knew it. Oh, because, but it said stunt. It did, but it I knew, stunt. I oh. knew that was him. Yeah, I didn't know the name who played him. So, yes, yes. So yes, the guy that plays right. the Night King on Game of Thrones also is a stunt choreographer for the show. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. Um, okay. Uh, well, so right back um, at it again. I have had a headache for like three days straight. Yeah. N- what a nice. I think I need to go to the chiropractor. Holiday weekend. Yeah. Nice way to spend it with a with a headache. Yeah, for those of you listening in other countries, it's Memorial Day here. Is there anyone listening in other yeah, countries? Yeah, we have oh. two, I think. Oh, do we? Yeah. How do you know that? We could see. We looked at our remember. logistics. <laughs> Analytics? That? Yeah, that one. <laughs> and <laughs> okay, I can be right on this one, but I'll look. We it. have one. You know what? Indict. We have <laughs> See, it told you. one from New Zealand and one from Is that what it was? The I UK don't remember. Or something? I don't remember. I'm sorry. I'm horrible. We appreciate you. Anyway, you went we, Okay, so 2 weeks ago, it's been a while. Yeah. Took us a second. We had to rack our brains. We did um suspects that you would least suspect. Yeah, H.H. So Holmes. Yeah, you did H.H. H. Holmes and I did the Lululemon murders. Mm-hmm. Murder in, so the, in the store or whatever. Yeah. So, and you went second, so you go first this time. Okay. And so we did, for those of you who don't remember, because... I didn't remember. I had to ask you. Yeah. We did murder, suici- oh, murder suicides this time. Yeah. So, all right. We'll dive right in. 
So, <laughs> um, so I did the Olean High School shooting. Um, I'm sorry. Anytime I bring up high school shooting, you always say, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's too sad. One. And then yeah. you do it rogue. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did. Okay. I'm going to punch I'm you in the head. Wrong. I know. I know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Anyway, go Doesn't on. Doesn't matter now. It's too late. No, nope, okay, you have to done. do a new one right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm going to do mine on H.H. Holmes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So... Uh, it's a school shooting that occurred on December 30th, 1974. I wonder if my dad would remember this. When was your dad born? Oh, well, 68, but... So he was six? Probably yeah, but not. He, no, but he it was probably talked about, I imagine. Where was this at? N- New York. No, I doubt it. Yeah, okay. Well, anyways. Uh, I wonder if your dad remembers it, mom and dad. Yeah, they were both old at this point. Yeah. So, anyways, the gunman is known to be uh, Anthony F. Barbero. Why are you saying fuck Barbero? <laughs> that was a Ted quote. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just chose to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, um, so apparently he was an honor student and a member of the uh, school's rifle team. Shocker. Uh, he... So the school shooting happened. He was actually on the third floor uh, of the school. Wait, the guy that shot? In Vegas. Huh? In Vegas. No. Oh. What? Wait, what did you say? Like so the this guy? guy in this? Oh, I thought you said like the guy who no, shot. No, oh. no. In it this case. Yeah. Was part of the rival school or was a student? Rifle team. What's a rifle team? Rifle, R-I-F-L-E. Oh, rifle. Rifle. Okay, first I heard rifle, oh. so I was like, oh, it goes to a different mm. school. Then oh. I heard, I don't, what was the second one? I don't know. Rightful, and now I get it, rifle. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have R- those anymore. No. No, they do. Oh, they, they shouldn't. Do. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh, like clay bird shooting. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Anyways. <coughs> So, um, he, where was I? Uh, he shot at students, or it wasn't actually students. Um, he shot from the third floor window of the school. And, um, there were three people that were killed and 11 were injured. Um, so later, uh, I guess we can get to it later, but he hung himself in jail. Does this count? Because he still killed himself? It's murder-suicide. Yeah, I know, but I thought I was thinking it was more like the before the cops got him, got oh. to him. Mm, nope. Okay. I don't really well, care. Well, I hope it counts because it's too late now. Nope, uh, do a new one. So he left the, ca- the house with his mom's car, and uh, he told his brother that he was going to go target shooting. Um, he arrived at Olean High School at 2.50 p.m. So that's, yeah, so that's like probably after it actually got out or they got out for the day. Um, he entered, like we used to get out at 2.15, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty I think sure. we did too. Yeah. 2.30, 2.15. It was so, <laughs> so long ago, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it was. But so um, because there were actually no students in the building, at the time of the shooting. Hmm. So that's like kind of good. 
because it could have been been worse. So he was just looking for a vantage point. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get to it later. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but he was, yeah. He arrived, uh, he entered the building through the side entrance, and he lit a Coke bottle and a wick filled with gasoline. Um, so it would set off the fire alarm. Oh. Um, yeah. So then <coughs> when he went up to the room upstairs, and it was like in the student council room, he actually couldn't get in, so he had to shut the, or he had to uh, shoot the door lock um, hmm. to get in. And then, uh, so then he tied the door shut didn't say with what but apparently he just kind of shut it and then the uh, custodial crew there was uh, apparently a 12-man team doing routine maintenance in the basement of the school so then the uh, superintendent went upstairs to go check it out um, then there ended up actually being a custodian upstairs too and the um, custodian was like, get the fuck downstairs. I think I heard a gunshot. And it was the one that um, he shot the uh, door. door with. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, so this the superintendent still, he proceeded to go upstairs because he needed to see what was going Don't on. Don't be a hero. Yeah. Well, that later led to his death. Oh. And that was his first victim because he uh, he tried to, he confronted him at the door and then tried to, you know, get to him and. Anthony ended up shooting him. Uh, Anthony uh, now started shooting at people from the outside of the uh, third floor room window. Uh, like I said, no students were at the school, or they were not at the school at the time of the shooting. Um, it was just all staff. And by 5.20 p.m. that day, uh, police and first responders had surrounded the school. Um, apparently they said there was a National Guard tank uh, that was even brought to the school hmm. and that was to just kind of help out uh, like be a guard for other people mm. <coughs> that were in the street yeah. so they could save the injured right um, but uh, so before uh, the um, what was that oh sorry so before the uh, like the end of the night, the New York police uh, brought tear gas into the building and they were able to get to him. Um, they said that he actually had a def he had a gas mask, but it was defective. So he mm -hmm. ended up. Yeah. What was his last name? Uh, Anthony Bar. It was like Bar, 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 Oh, Babarbar. Babaro. Barbaro, yeah. Um, he had fired 31 shots total. With a rifle? Apparently. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of a shotgun that you have to, oh. like, only oh, no. yeah, yeah, goes yeah. two at a time, but that's a shotgun. Well, it depends on what kind of shotgun you have. I know nothing about uh, okay. guns. All right. Uh, Carmen uh, Wright Dayton, who was killed, uh, sh so she was one of the ones that was killed in the street, and she was six months pregnant. Yeah. So then Anthony attended the high school. Um, so he attended the high school and he was part of the rifle team, like I said. Ew. But he was known as a star marksman. How old was this kid? Uh, mm, I think he was 17. I believe he was 17. Okay, sure because he, he looks like he's 12. Yeah. I'm a very visual person. When oh, you're talking yeah, to me about something, I have to 
Oh, yeah. Lo- like, yeah. I have to see pictures. Yeah. He was 17. He is a baby. He yeah. looks like... He literally looks like he's 12. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was 17, I thought I was old. But looking back at it now, I was a baby. I looked exactly the same Did from you? the time I was 14 until now. I have not changed. You don't think so? No. At all? No. <laughs> <laughs> I will show you pictures. Uh, okay. So I've gotten fatter, but that's <laughs> about it. Um, Anthony, uh, like I said, he attended the high school. He's uh, known as a star marksman. Uh, he was actually also an honor student and ranked, ranked eighth highest in academic scores in his senior class. Hmm. Um, he was also inducted into the National Honor Society in February 1974. So That's probably what made him snap. Yeah. Being so good at school. He was probably pressured to be oh, a good student. Maybe. Um, people who knew him said he was quiet and described him more as a loner, which fits the profile of these types of people. Um, but he wasn't actually known to have any disciplinary problems, which... Is again, usually this when this happens, they're always like, "Oh, he was so quiet. Yeah. I would never expect it." So, he was a good kid. He was nice. Um, his father was an executive of a successful manufacturing firm, and his mother. Uh, he worked with his mother actually at a fast food restaurant. Um, yeah. yeah. They so they said there were no motives found, uh, or why he exactly did this at the time. They later find out. Uh, there was I didn't make that noise at working at a fast food restaurant that shouldn't be ashamed of jobs at fast food restaurants. It's a job just like any other job. I was making ooh noise about working with his mom oh. at a fast food restaurant. Oh, yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. Well, Unless they, like, owned it. She probably helped him get a job because he needed one, but. Strange. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, You're right. This is uh, a different time. Yeah. Um, where you could live off of a fast food job yeah maybe in the 70s yeah if you weren't full time yes Mm. yes okay I was just thinking of like inflation and stuff yeah but okay anyways why are you looking at me weird? Well, this oh. is just my face. Oh. <laughs> you look like you're giving me a mean look. Uh, No. Oh, no. Nope. Okay. This is just my oh, face. Okay. All right. I have RBF. <laughs> um, so, uh, he, he, like I said, there was no motive. Um, but there was a classmate who apparently heard... Anthony saying that he wanted to hold up the Olean Armory and engage in a police standoff. And then I don't think this has anything to do with it, but they said that Anthony tried out for the bowling team and didn't make it short, shortly before this. I highly doubt that would make somebody snap. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make the fucking bowling team! But, yeah. <laughs> um, so... There was an apparent note that said, I guess I wanted to kill the person I hate the most, dot, 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 myself. I just didn't Mm -hmm. have the courage. 
I wanted to die, but I couldn't do it. So I had to get someone else, someone else to do it for me. It didn't work out. Aww. So that was saying so like sad. he he did it because he just wanted somebody like the police to break down or come in and shoot, and him. shoot him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So and then December thirty first, nineteen seventy four, um, he was charged on three counts of second degree murder, six counts of first degree assault, and five counts of first degree reckless endangerment. Um, he was obviously being held without bail in the Olean City County Jail. Uh, after the shooting, poli- uh, police found homemade smoke bombs, gasoline, and glass bottles and uh, an empty propane canister in his bedroom. Hmm. Um, they also found bomb recipes and a uh, journal that detailed his plans for the shooting. In April 1975, he entered a plea of uh, not guilty by reason of insanity. Um, He was found competent to stand trial by two uh, court-appointed psychiatrists. So he's still, you know, going to be charged. He was then uh, transferred to, it's called like Cataraugus County Jail in Little Valley. Um, But then, uh, so it was 1824. First, 1975, a grand jury was seated. Wait. Did you say 1821st? No, October 21st, 1875. You just said 1875. You said 1821st. Did I really? Yeah. Did I really? Unless I hallucinated, I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, I meant 1975. I have no idea what I... All right, 1819, 21st. Okay, October 21st, 1975, a grand jury was seated for Barbaro's trial at <laughs> at the Olean Municipal Building. Uh, October 27th, 1845. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> October 27th. They time traveled? 1975. Uh, defense attorney Vincent E. Doyle Jr., presented a testimony at a preliminary hearing hearing man i cannot talk today but bar bar uh, stating that anthony had a uh quote serious deep-rooted mental illness that uh precluded his conviction man i would pay money to see what his home life was like yeah yeah who knows I, uh, there's no telling yeah who knows if that's where it stemmed from i mean Probably. Um, November 1st, 1975, Anthony then hanged himself with, uh, with a bed sheet in his jail cell at the Catagaras mm-hmm. County Jail. Um, he had written three suicide notes. One was for his family. Uh, one was for a woman he corresponded with in the prison. Hmm. And the third was addressed to um, whom it may concern. Hmm. Um, so I have the one that says whom it may concern. Uh, it says people are not afraid to die. It's just how they die. I don't fear death, but rather the pain, but no more. I regret the foods I'll never taste, the music I'll never hear, the sights I'll never see, and the accomplishments I'll never accomplish. In other words, I regret my life. Some will always ask why. I don't know. No one will. What has been can be can't be changed. I'm sorry it ends 
uh, like it began. In the middle of the night, someone might think it's selfish or cowardly to take one's own life. Maybe so, but it's only free choice I have. The way I figure, I lose either way. Uh, if I'm found guilty, I won't survive the pain I've caused, my guilt. If I'm convicted, I won't survive the mental and physical punishment of my life in prison. My God. Yeah. That is so sad. Yeah. But we also can't forget what he, uh, you know, yeah. ultimately did. Yeah. So. He mm. was obviously suffering, but um, shooting other people, innocent people, is not the way out. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that's it. Wow. That Lots was depressing. Yeah. Head still hurts. Ooh, my neck just popped. Felt good. Kind of hurt, though, at the same time. Okay. I thank you for that depressing story on Anthony Babar. <laughs> I'm doing mine on the Chris Benoit case. The what? The Chris Benoit. His name. Chris huh. Benoit. Okay. Case. Okay. Okay. So, Chris Benoit... Um, was a professional wrestler with WWE uh, basically from the time that WWE started until his death in 2007. Hmm. Um, at the age of 40, Benoit was a veteran wrestler and had been deemed champion within the WWE organization multiple times. Um, so I never watched wrestling, never got into wrestling. Something about giant men wearing tiny underwear f- <laughs> fighting each other just did not appeal to me so i've i've uh i used to watch it when i was little every once in a while because like some kids at my school did you know wow what a follower well whatever i, I know was really young and virtually nothing i'll always remember my dad saying don't watch that fake stuff yeah yeah basically it's all fake it's not it even is real it is yeah um and then I'll say, Dad, no, there's blood. It is real. Yeah. I know it's not now. Okay, so, correct. Yes, your dad was right. It's fake. And I could never smell what The Rock was cooking, so I knew it had to be yeah, fake. Yeah, what was he cooking? Was I, it I savory? Know. Was it sweet? Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. But nope. now he's an actor, so it doesn't matter. Um He's cooking. Well, actually, he was technically an actor in WWE because it is acting. Whatever. He's cooking major money in Four thousand to one bank. Okay. Anyways. Anyway, that was a dirty look. In case you were wondering. <laughs> um. All right. So I know nothing about the wrestling world. Sorry. All I know is Hulk Hogan and The Rock. Um. But. Apparently, Chris Benoit was huge in the wrestling world. Like, he was up there with Macho Man Randy Savage, which I have heard of before, Mm -hmm. and um, Ric Flair, who I have not heard of before. You've never heard of Ric Flair? No, I just told you. I know, but still, I mean, it's a popular, like, he's a popular Oh, really? What was his signature move then? That I I don't know. Okay, well, then. But I've heard that name. I've at least heard that name. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Okay. okay. So, anyway, he was up there. He was big. He was a big name in the world of WWE. So, 
during his career, Chris met Nancy Elizabeth Toffolani. Um, she was a valet and a model for WWE, um, and she went by the name of Woman. Um, How creative. That was her stage name. So she would, like, you know, walk them down the aisle or whatever, uh-huh. stand in the aisle. She would, whatever. I don't know yeah. what they do because I don't know anything about wrestling. But, um, Well, we know all about boxing now because of Riverdale. Right. Um, so her, okay, so Nancy Tafalani, her career, um, r- so it really took off in the 90s. That's when she started getting big from mm-hmm. the early to the late 90s was her prime time. Right. Um, when she was part of two world championships and an extreme championship for WWE. Um, so in the late 90s, Nancy was married. Married to a man named Kevin Sullivan, um, but she was seeing Chris Benoit on the side, so he was her little side piece. Um, he was the side chick. Um, so she divorced Sullivan, and in the same year became engaged to Chris. Um, she then started being his uh, manager, so she took care of business. Um. In early 2000, um, Nancy gave birth to her first and only child with Chris, um, who they named Daniel Christopher Benoit. Um, And then later that year, Chris and Nancy got married. Um, So this is year 2000. Three years later, in 2003, because that's how math works, Nancy filed for a divorce and a restraining order against Benoit. Celebrity marriages, they never last, do they? Yes. Shrek and Donkey. Um, <laughs> that was from Shrek, in case no one knew that. Uh, so this was her third marriage. So um, I'm just saying, maybe she doesn't pick men well. Maybe she has communication issues. We don't know. Um, anyway, all respect to her. Rest in peace. Okay, so... Um, so, yeah, she filed for a divorce and a restraining order against Benoit, stating that their marriage was um, irrevocably broken and had cruel treatment. Um, but four months later, so she filed for the restraining order and divorce in February of 2003. Four months later, no, that can't be right. No, just kidding. February was when she <laughs> had, February of 2000 was when she had her kid. Um so this would have been April that she filed for divorce. And then in August, she dropped both restraining order and divorce papers. So, you know what? The months don't really matter. Four months after filing these, whatever, she dropped them. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, okay. So they stayed married. Um, all right. So getting to... Until a little bit later. Yeah, a few years later. Um, all right, so Friday, June 22nd, 2007. Chris Benoit. He was still a premier athlete in the WWE community, so although he had been in the game for a long time, he was still, like, a headliner, and he was huge. Hmm. Um, 
around 3.30 p.m. that day, he called uh, Chavo Guerrero, who was also a wrestler with WWE, and he left a voicemail with him saying that um, he missed the flight for their show that was later that evening. Um, so when Guerrero called him back to see like why he missed the flight, see what was going on, he uh, noticed that Benoit sounded exhausted, and he like he was like, "Hey, are you okay? You sound really tired." And I bet he wasn't watching Cops. What's that from? Step Brothers. Oh yeah. But it was actually him playing. Dale's drum set. Yeah. Okay. Fuck you, Dale. Anyway, I don't care. Um, wow, that was really mean of me. What? I don't care. Okay. Um, so he noticed that Benoit sounded exhausted on the phone. He asked him about it. Benoit said that his wife, Nancy, and seven-year-old son, Daniel, had been experiencing food poisoning. Why he's exhausted, I don't know. Mm. I'm assuming maybe... Maybe he was watching Cops. Devil, maybe he um, was murdering his family, or maybe he was exhausted from cleaning up puke. We don't know, probably the former. Okay, so Guerrero didn't question him, he was like, Oh, that's horrible, food poisoning sucks. I got it that one time from that shrimp I had at that restaurant. I don't know if he said that. Um, so <laughs> they they got off the phone, didn't huh. question him, said, Okay, I'll let him know you're not gonna be there tonight. Got off the phone. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now it's early in the morning. Uh, so that happened on a Friday. He called his friend Chavo. So early in the morning on Sunday, June 24th, 2007, WWE staff, including Chavo Guerrero, um, the guy he contacted that Friday, right. got a bunch of texts from both Chris and Nancy saying that Chris was in the hospital vomiting blood and he wouldn't be able to fight in an upcoming title match. Um, but he would take a later flight to Houston to make it out. So he wasn't going to fight, but he would fly out there later from Georgia to Houston to fight or to be there. Yeah. Probably um, at least make a presence and get paid or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, this is now Monday, June 25th, the senior VP of talent relations at WWE, John Laranatus, um, he heard about these texts that, some of the staff got and he was like hmm this seems odd so he contacted the Fayette County Sheriff's Department in Georgia and he's like hey can you guys go check out the Benoit family because I have a feeling something strange is going on there um, so they went and they found three dead bodies wow yeah um, they found the dead bodies of Nancy Daniel and Chris Benoit um, when forensic... And what was the third? Nancy, Daniel, and Chris Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the family. So, when forensic analysts um, started casing the Benoit home, they found a lot of strange things. Um, in a bedroom upstairs, they found Nancy Benoit's body tied up and wrapped in a towel. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, analysts determined that she had died that previous Friday from strangulation. Huh. Oh, this so she wasn't, she wasn't poisoned. No. Oh, huh. This was Monday. They found the bodies. She had yeah. been killed on Friday. Yeah. The same day. Oh, he called his yeah. friend saying they had food poisoning. 
She died from strangulation. Um, she had an injury to her back that showed that Chris had probably pinned her down with his knee while he strangled her. Wow. Um, and she had just gotten back in neck surgery a few years ago, so that is rude. <laughs> he knew there was a weak area. Well, I think killing somebody is rude, but... <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> so there was actually blood under her head where she was laying on the floor that showed that she had fought for her life. So I'm guessing maybe she was, like, either well, trying who to get fight, up or yeah. he was, like, slamming her head into the floor. Um, I don't know. But she had blood under her head. Um, but other than the blood, there were no other defensive wounds found on her body. So I'm assuming it happened very quickly. Yeah. Um, I can only hope that it happened very quickly. Uh, <coughs> bless you. Thank you. Creepiest of all, there was a Bible placed near her dead body. Whoa, that is weird. Yes. Now their son, seven-year-old Daniel. Oh, that poor little guy. I know. He's so cute. Um, He was also found dead, but his time of death was undetermined because the stage of decomposition his body was in was different from his mother's. Because younger? They don't know. Oh. They don't know if it was because he was killed at a completely different... And we're back. We're back. Again. From the dog. From being Steve Irwin. Um, so like I was saying, the son, seven-year-old Daniel Benoit, his body was not decomposing the way his mother's was, and they don't know why. They don't know if it's because he um, was younger, if he was murdered at a different time, if his body's smaller. They don't know um, what caused that. Um but he had no external injuries to his body, so that's good, um, I guess, if you think about it in the grand scheme. Not really, actually. Mm. Not yeah. at all. Um, but So he had no external injuries, so, I mean, hopefully he didn't suffer a painful death. But he did have internal damage to his throat. Um, so when a toxicology report was performed, it showed that Daniel had um, Xanax in his system, and was probably unconscious at the time of death. And there was another Bible found near his body. Um, so my guess is that um, Chris gave his son a Xanax. Um, Daniel passed out, was unconscious, and then... When he suffocated him or yeah, something? Yeah, he suffocated him like with a pillow or something like that. Um, so hopefully he didn't experience any pain. Um, that's really all we can hope at this point. Um, a, okay, so they confiscated Chris Benoit's computer during the search, and they found that he had been researching the biblical, biblical prophet Elijah. Now, I basically know as much about the Bible as I do about WWE wrestling, so that's <laughs> not a lot. But, um, one story of Elijah that Benoit was searching a lot had to do with Elijah raising a young boy from the dead. And one of the first steps to um, that Elijah in the Bible took to bringing the boy back to life was placing him in his bed. And guess where they found a seven-year-old Daniel? In his bed. Yes, correct. Wow, you're so good. <laughs> yeah, they found him in his bed. So they think that maybe he was trying to bring his son back to life or something. Mm-hmm. Um, something was going on there that wasn't sound. Right. Um, so during the the CSI, 
They found Chris's body. It was in the gym of the house. Um, so he was dead in there. He had obviously killed himself because this topic is yeah. murder-suicide. Um, he had made a noose from one of the pulley cables of a weight machine um, in there. He had placed it around his neck. Then at the other end of the pulley cable, he had fastened weights to it somehow. And um, he dropped the weights to strangle himself. Which, he's probably a pretty big dude, so he would have to have a ton of weights. Yeah. To um, leverage yeah, that. Yeah, he's stocky yeah. and meaty. So he probably had, I don't know how he did it. Yeah. Um, But he did. Yeah. And this whole thing reminds me of Final Destination 3. Yeah, when the swords came down. <laughs> Cut the pulley and yeah. the guy's head. Weights, yeah. Went. Ew. Like a hard-boiled egg. Oh, no. I don't think it would be hard-boiled. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is that not? Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, when the weights were dropped to strangle himself, um, they actually immediately broke his neck. And I heard in another... Um, podcast that I listened to that went over this case was that he the way in which he did it he died so that um, it was long and painful it was like the most painful way he could have done it so they don't know if he it was just coincidental that he died painfully and it took a long time for him to die or if he did it on purpose to punish himself yeah um, they you know they can't say because yeah He's not there to tell him. Right. Um, but it is coincidental that that happened. Um, so the only suspect considered in this case was Chris Benoit. Um, it started and stopped with him. So, um, yeah, they deemed it double murder, suicide. So the website that I got about 98% of this information from um, they talked about how the Benoits believed that their seven-year-old son, Daniel, had Fragile X Syndrome. Fragile X Syndrome, um, if you've ever seen anyone with it, they have a very tall, elongated forehead. They have long, like, stretched-out-looking noses. They have, um, it's almost when, like, the front of their head kind of looks bubbled out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they ha- usually have really long, flat feet. Um, but it is a genetic condition that causes intellectual disabilities. It can also cause anxiety, hyperactivity, and even seizures in some cases. So they believe that their son had it. They're, I don't think he was ever officially diagnosed. Um, but one of Chris Benoit's friends said he fit it to a T. Uh, Nancy Benoit's sister said the boy never had it, um, but allegedly needle marks were found on Daniel's arm where his father had injected him with a growth hormone to combat this disorder. Um, but this entire side story is hearsay, so yeah. we don't know how accurate it is. But I think that that story kind of provides insight into where Chris Benoit's mind might have been. Mm-hmm. Um if it is true. So. Yeah, right. Uh, so, theories as to why these murders were committed. 
Um, so former wrestler and colleague of Benoit's, Chris Nowinski, um, I don't know what his signature move was, uh, believed that Benoit suffered from so many constant untreated concussions that the damage he had to his brain made him act out violently, um, which makes a lot of sense. When the post-mortem exam was performed on Benoit's body, they found that his brain was comparable to that of an 85-year-old person with Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, that's fascinating. Actually. His brain was mashed potatoes. Yeah. He was 40 years old, which well, means... Well, didn't you say his special move was the head smash or something like that? I'm getting to that. Oh. <laughs> um, his brain... The condition of his brain was over double that of his physical age yeah which is crazy it just blows my mind okay um there was additional damage to all four lobes and the brain stem um and we know that um the lobes all four lobes they are responsible for your auditory and visual processing your long-term like decision-making skills, your impulse control, your control over emotions, um, all of that. Like mm -hmm. your fine motor, gross motor, all of that. It is in your lobes. I don't know what your brainstem does, but that's important too. And then it had damage. Um, so uh, during Benoit's career, he was hit over the head so many times with a metal folding chair as part of his fights, that there is no telling what kind of damage that caused. Yeah. Obviously, metal folding chair to the brain cannot be good, no matter how fake it is. Um, Getting Hulk smashed over the head yeah. too many times. Yeah. Um, also, his signature move in the ring, like you just brought up, um, because I told you this before we started recording, um, was the called the flying headbutt. Oh, that's what it was. Which is kind of self-explanatory. I mean flying head butt yeah so he would basically like get on top of the ropes or like on top of chairs on top of tables whatever and he would dive face first into whatever there was to dive into whether yeah. it was a person or a metal folding chair That's or insane. anything yeah um that's probably where the brainstem trauma came from because, you know, like all that torque, you're going face first oh, and yeah. you're just like... Torquing behind there, yeah. Yeah. I oh, God. I don't understand wrestling. I just don't get it. Anyway, so, safe to say this guy had a lot of brain damage. Um, another theory is from formal, former WWE star, superstar, sorry, Bob Holly. Um, and that was, he believed that uh, Benoit was an alcoholic. Um, so while he was traveling with Benoit for, you know, tournaments or whatever they mm -hmm. do in WWE, yeah. um, Bob Holly witnessed him drink a lot more compared to like using steroids or any other type of drugs, which they also did. Um, and then this leads to another theory that Benoit's use of steroids led to a change in behavior that may have caused an angry outburst that led him to commit murder. We've all heard of roid rage. Probably occurred. Yeah. I'm just Very saying. Very well. Um, so I also found that Benoit's doctor, Phil Aston, had been treating Benoit for low testosterone and prescribing him various pain medications. If this guy is a professional wrestler, he is a human sack of meat. 
how does he have low testosterone unless he's using so many anabolic steroids that it's literally making his testosterone low enough for him to seek medical help i don't understand why he would be getting treatment for low testosterone unless it was to combat the steroids um and various pain medications which if you hit yourself in the head with a metal chair i'm sure you probably have a lot of pain yeah um but What's interesting is since wa- since the Benoit deaths, this doctor, Phil Aston, was charged with 175 counts of drug charges related to illegal prescriptions. So he was probably just handing out prescriptions like candy. And I think um, after Chris Benoit died, that was the third patient that had his prescribed drugs in their system huh. when, they, when they died. Hmm. Yeah, so he was found guilty, and I think he served 10 years. And he probably just so that means recently he would have got prob- out. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, depending on when he was actually... Put in, yeah. yeah. It was like right after Ben oh, okay, yeah. so he's probably he's just out recently now, yeah. out or... Yeah. Not working as a doctor anymore. No, probably not. That would be terrifying if Actually, he was. you know what? <laughs> <laughs> he might be. Uh, yeah. We don't know. We'll um, get into that next week. Yeah. Okay, so my theory is that it was a little mixture of all three of these things. I think it was brain damage due to his career. It was alcoholism and the steroid and other prescription medication use. All of that mixed together. Mm. You Concoction. Know, cannot. It was a drug cocktail. Yeah. Mixed with brain damage. You know the first word, or first time I ever heard the word concoction was um, we were in middle school. A it was year me ago. and my brother. Uh, th- I think I told you about this before. Me and my brother and our next door neighbor across the street, um, Andrew gonna listen to this and probably remember but we took everything every a uh, piece of food from like everything and hit our neighbors like fridge pantry everything that's disgusting and put it all in a bowl so it was just like a little bit of every single thing and it smelled so bad and i remember taking a spoon like a little spoon and i threw up and it was so gross but i remember he our neighbor friend always called it concoction so now when I think of concoction, I think of that and now mischievous night. He's making meth. Um, <laughs> well, what? Me? No, oh. a neighbor. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, that's disgusting. One time when I was younger, I heard that if you mix like, it was like ketchup and mustard and like pickle juice together well, or those something. Were the, all three of those were in there. Like you'd throw up and oh. I was like, oh man, I don't want to go to school tomorrow. So I tried it and I was like, this just tastes like a hot dog. Ew. Oh, gr- that's and even... It was actually kind of good. So, Ew. And I didn't even get sick. I was so mad. What? Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I went on that little tangent there. Yeah. So uh, my theory, mix of all three, brain damage, alcoholism, steroids, slash prescription medication, abuse. Yep. Okay. So one thing that I thought was cool. No. You know what? Just retract that whole sentence. Edit that out. Cut it. Um, So after it was found out about the double murder-suicide, WWE wasted no time covering their asses, Mm -hmm. which any business would do. 
Um, they removed Chris Benoit's name from all merchandise, promo materials, and history of WWE. It was like he never existed. They expunged all of his accomplishments within the community, and they banned all active and former wrestlers, staff, and executives of WWE from bringing up his name ever. Wow. Or I'm sure they got fined if they did. Yeah. Or fired. Um, so. That's crazy. This is what I was going to say. One thing that is kind of cool about this, a silver lining to it, um, to this horror story that is the Chris Benoit case, is that the WWE and other wrestling companies around the world, so like this affected wrestling companies in like Japan and other countries, um, they updated their, so all these companies around the world and WWE have updated their wellness policies in order to prevent anything like this from ever happening again. So they're recognizing and addressing mental health physical health of their employees and making sure this doesn't happen ever again. As they should. Or anything comparable to this. Yes, as they should. I think that is a good silver lining um, to this terrible tragedy, but at least now they're more aware of what can happen and they learned from it. Um, Right. So, yeah, that is the case of Chris Benoit and the double murder-suicide of his family. Um... You know, I had one topic that we should that we should do next week, but I was like, "Ooh, let's save that for a different time." Okay. Because I know you've been wanting to do one. I'm not going to say it. Yeah. But you've been excited about it, and I have one that Cause pop- I think it's just whoa, messed up. Yeah, I have one that popped up into my little head that I was like, "Ooh, I want to do this one because it's really weird." So I think we should do podcasters pick next week. Okay. All right. Random. Random. All right. That sounds good. Okay. Okay. All right. See you next week. Bye.